0: The Be Rad Podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, mind-blowing nut butter blend now available on Amazon. Bala Enzyme, electrolyte and triple enzyme recovery drink mix. Paleo Valley, nutrient-rich ancestral inspired health products. Buy Optimizers, performance supplements like magnesium, probiotics, and more, and B-Rad Whey Protein Superfuel, coming soon. Stay tuned for details. And please visit bradkearns.com to check out my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance with great discounts for listeners. And here we go with the show. Every single day... I hit the deck and I get to work. Whether I feel like it or not, I don't even give myself the time to ponder. And I aspire to have many other things ascend similarly to where they don't uh, tax me with willpower, motivation, discipline, and so forth. His goal at the end of the year is that he wants to see 50% of his work time devoted to deep, creative efforts of the highest cognitive power i want to talk about the best magnesium supplement from BioOptimizers. did you know that magnesium is believed to be one of the most widely deficient micronutrients that it's involved in 600 different enzyme reactions in the body and that 75 percent of modern citizens fail to get enough from their diets This is due to depleted soil, missing the truly magnesium-rich foods, and stressful lifestyle patterns depleting magnesium levels. It's definitely one of the most important supplements, and BiOptimizers has a sensational product called Magnesium Breakthrough, the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress relief and better sleep. Visit magbreakthrough.com slash brad and you get an incredibly informative page on how the product will benefit you and the best ways to use it. You'll also save 10% on that page or by using the code brad10 at checkout. Try the product with a full money-back guarantee from Buy Optimizers. Visit magbreakthrough.com slash brad or use the code brad10 at checkout. Hey listeners, it's time for one of my favorite subjects to talk about, if not necessarily execute in my own personal life. That's right, becoming more productive, more focused, less stressed, and less exhausted during your workday. And we are going to pull from an assortment of peak performance focusing techniques from numerous shows and put it all together with another reminder, another motivator, Another way to get focus and see if we can improve some of this uh, disastrous and disturbing trends that we see across <laughs> knowledge working society of becoming highly distractible and having difficulty focusing and uh, becoming fatigued accordingly especially with attempts to multitask which we learned is literally impossible. So we're talking about the brain switching back and forth between all kinds of disparate tasks instead of focusing and we have some great leaders these days doing great work. Uh, Cal Newport with his best-selling book, Deep Work, now has a podcast called Deep Questions, where he takes questions from uh, real-life listeners trying, uh, striving to, to do their best in the workplace and, and put his principles into action. So uh, there's some good content uh, there. And I also love the article that I highlighted in an earlier breather show about avoiding the cognitive middle gear by a British researcher named James Hewitt. Uh, He's a performance scientist and head of science and innovation at HINSA Performance uh, based in the United Kingdom. And he has a book on uh, Amazon UK called Exponential. Better Life, Better Performance from Formula One to Fortune 500. And it looks like you can order a Kindle edition wherever, And who knows, maybe get something shipped from Amazon UK. I've never tried that. Little bio, James Hewitt is passionate about investigating the potential for our high-performance bodies and brains through scientific evidence and real stories from high performers in sport and business. He's a former pro cyclist racing on the European circuit, and now he works, does consulting for Formula One drivers, corporate folks, the elite they always call CEOs elite and rank them right up there in the same sentence as uh, great professional athletes, CEOs, and other performers. That's so like, okay, I guess you're kicking ass in some way if you ascend to the level of CEO, but uh, a lot of them are running companies into the ground, or maybe they're uh, putting up good numbers, but they're jerks in real life. So <laughs> maybe you could say uh, high-performing, well-liked CEOs and that would be some good descriptors. Uh, Same with athletes, I suppose. If um, some teammate is a a real jerk off the court or difficult to play with, even though you're winning games, and uh, that has definitely happened at the highest level of sport, uh, I feel sorry for those folks because they should be enjoying and celebrating their life and serving as role models and all that great stuff. But instead, we see... Plenty of stories of difficulties in regular everyday life, getting along with others, friends and family, uh, driving cars too quickly, crashing them, all kinds of crazy stuff, getting arrested. Uh, So just being an excellent athlete or corporate leader doesn't necessarily mean anything except that you're very competent in your uh, narrow level of focus. Alas, I think we have tremendous potential to excel in one uh, area of our life and then apply those peak performance attributes to other areas. I talk about that some on the videos of my morning routine course because for me, uh, it's been a wonderful uh, success catalyst to become more focused and disciplined for the rest of the day because I know that when I get up every single day, I hit the deck and I get to work. Whether I feel like it or not, I don't even give myself the time to ponder uh, an excuse, a delay, a procrastination, and so it's uh, ascended into that vaunted category of habit and I aspire to have many other things, Uh, ascend similarly to where they don't uh, tax me with willpower, motivation, discipline, and so forth. Uh, That included the uh, interaction with the machine during our day filled with uh, what a lot of people call knowledge work or computer work, right? So um, uh, the potential for distractibility and the discipline necessary there is tremendous. So let's hear what James Hewitt has to say. Oh my gosh, James Hewitt is the same name of the british military officer uh back in the day who uh, was rumored to be associated with princess diana he had red hair uh prince harry has red hair and i remember reading the uh, the scandalous stories about hey how what are the odds this kid has red hair could be um a different father oh my gosh those those brits they love their scandals don't they Um, right there on the front page of the newspaper every single day, there's something juicy and saucy to read about. Maybe there's such an overwhelm with the, um, the hype and the, uh, uh, the high shock value media that they're anesthetized to it and they, they don't really, um, pay much attention to it. I don't know. What do you think? Write in if you're from the UK. How, how do you guys do with all that, uh, that, that, that fodder that's put up in your famous newspapers? Okay. James Hewitt says, here's the deal. We're never resting. We're rarely focused and we're always on, in quotes, but we can't always be on." And he says the solution is to manage your stress levels and deliver peak performance uh, with a strategy that um, stratifies the different levels of engagement that you are uh, uh, tapping into. And he calls it uh, low cognitive gear, middle cognitive gear, and high cognitive gear so we'll get into uh the tight definitions of all those examples uh shortly but the thing to remember now is that it's way more cognitively stressful and way less efficient to drift back and forth from deep focus into uh peripheral things low cognitive gear uh, daydreaming, uh, glancing at a uh, a video or uh, doing something that's a diversion and then heading right back into deep cognitive focus, switching back and forth is very taxing on the brain. It's such an important point. Uh, Cal Newport talks about it a lot and how he uh, advocates for this highly organized life where you have these modules of time throughout the day that are spoken for and scheduled and defined so that you're in this um, peak performance mode uh, high cognitive gear focus for a defined period of time, not very long duration, of course, because we can't handle more than that. Uh, Andrew Huberman, Huberman Lab Podcast has some great shows on peak performance and focusing, and he advocates for uh, two blocks per day of 90 minutes of intense, uh, deep work, to borrow Newport's phrase. Uh, so, two times 90 minutes a day, can you handle that to get some major shit done and put aside all the potential distractions during those 90-minute periods? And Huberman has some funny anecdotes where he admits he's, uh, he's powerless over the, uh, the, the amazing force of the mobile device. And I think he talks about going out uh, out of his house and uh, locking his phone in his car. I think he once got frustrated and threw the phone onto the roof of his house knowing he'd have to go get it later uh, in order to uh, get in and focus without distraction. So whatever works for you, uh, but organizing these wonderful times where you really are going deep, and you know that it's only going to uh, last for a certain amount of time that's uh, sustainable, and uh, productive, right? You're not going to say, hey, I'm going to spend all day Tuesday focusing on my uh, fill-in-the-blank book. I'm going to work eight hours on my book. It's going to be great because I fooled around all weekend. Guess what? That's not going to work too well either because you're just physically incapable. Your brain is not capable of going deep and focusing that hard for that long a period of time. Okay. Um, Cal Newport's book, A World Without Email, identifies email as the single most insidious interrupter Uh, time suck and distractor that we have in the modern workplace. It's also uh, one of the most wonderful innovations of the digital age, right? And allows us to communicate so efficiently. And thank goodness for email, uh, beating the days of having to head to the typewriter, load a sheet in, type on the keys, pull it out, uh, fold it up put it on an envelope, Uh, forget about putting the sticky uh, stamps on there. You got to lick the stamp, apply it. And if you're under, what, 30 years old, you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, loading a sheet into a typewriter. How funny. Anyway, so I love email, but I also want to be hyper vigilant against it taking over my life. And I will contend over the past decades that it has been such a major part of my uh, communication mode as a uh, largely an independent, independent working, self-employed person. That boy, it, it's it's insidious and it can always turn around and bite me if I don't regulate it carefully. Um, so the reason that this back and forth style, this flowing style of doing little tidbit things like answering text messages and then returning to your important presentation or uh, deep cognitive work uh, has such a massive negative impact is due to something called attention residue. Attention residue is where you lose a tiny bit of wattage of cognitive power every time you divert and then return to the original important task. It's just the brain fatigue factor of having to refocus, regain your uh, mojo, your motivation, and all that. And I think we can all reference this on a a, a practical level, right? Where you uh, you get interrupted, maybe it's a a phone call, doorbell, whatever, and then you return to uh, your important work. And you're like, what was I? Uh, what paragraph was I on? <laughs> what, what was I doing? And it takes you a little bit of cognitive power to simply return to where you left off. And a big question comes up uh, for me and others: is why do we um, why do we indulge in this BS? We can all agree that it's less productive, less efficient to be. Uh, hyper-spasmodic all day instead of focused, taking a break, returning to focus, doing some medium-task t- medium things. Of course, you have to uh, log into online banking and pay your bills and do stuff that's uh, low to medium cognitive demand, uh, but why can't we uh, batch those uh, as we've been instructed to? Um, there's some opinion on some of the important reasons, and one of them is that we have this sense Uh, we we all have a a strong desire to be needed and to be useful. So, when someone sends an email asking for help or a text message or or reaches out to you, you want to pounce on that because you get that instant gratification of being the go-to source for all things, uh, the the all-powerful, all-knowing person here in the ivory tower that can answer everyone's uh, needs. And It is uh, alluring to want to dispense knowledge and be an authority, and uh, believe me, listeners, I absolutely uh, love and appreciate you taking the time to email me with questions, comments, feedback. The whole team appreciates it so much, and we talk about uh, the interaction with the community so much, and how important it is, and try to honor and serve you and answer your requests, uh, but I do have a little bit of a um, a meter a built in uh, guide where the um, the appropriateness or the depth of the question has to be uh, put through a filter and so if someone's asking me to hey brad can you set up an annual training plan i want to do my first triathlon (laughs) next year um, that is an inquiry to have a one-on-one coaching relationship which uh, as we know from being in the endurance world is a tremendous um, tremendously time-consuming and important relationship that comes with Uh, a a relevant and respectable fee for all the uh, the information and the uh, expertise that you're asking for so those kind of questions are going to have to um, go through the filter and uh, an answer that i might uh, offer up is hey i suggest you enroll in my primal endurance online course it has uh, hundreds of hours of interviews with the greatest coaches and athletes in the world and you'll learn a lot (laughs) thank you for writing in right and i think uh, for the most part uh people, those of us who are reaching out for help and guidance are very respectful of other people's times and asking for things in an appropriate manner. Uh, but still, uh, the time that you roll up your sleeves and answer uh, to the outside world needs to be carefully regulated because that's not all you do in most cases, right? If your job is to uh, get on email and answer email from customers all day long for eight-hour shift, That's fantastic. You know what you're doing, you're focused, and let's just hope that at 8 o'clock at night, after a long, hard day of answering emails for 8 hours, uh, you're not drifting into um, that mode again while you're trying to be present uh, at your kid's soccer practice, right? So that was um, one reason that we... Uh, try to be constantly available and responsive is that uh, deep sense of being needed and useful to other humans. um, And and associated with that is number two. uh, I think this is Cal Newport stuff. Yeah, um, it's tribal wiring. So um, when we are not accessible, we experience a bit of psychological pain because we are disengaging from the community and we're being selfish and we're being jerks and we're being difficult to, to connect with. Uh, don't you get frustrated when you send emails to other people and they don't answer right away or they don't answer within two days? I know I do because I'm expecting an answer and we have a working relationship, right? And so, uh, having to follow up with people politely three or four times uh, is incredibly draining and frustrating. However, maybe those people are uh, on a, a life path which is highly productive and uh, ascending to the next level, especially if you uh, are trying to in, get a transactional relationship going where uh, you're proposing something and you're following up on your proposal to see if you can get a new client. It's fair for them to not uh, respond on your time frame, uh, but you know, a, a no out of the gate is really nice too, instead of uh, stringing people along uh, by being non-communicative but there is some psychological pain associated with being uh, less responsive than uh, you perceive other people's to be or that you've been in the past perhaps and then finally busyness is a very effective proxy for productivity so if you are doing a ton of stuff in a very visible manner, especially in the workplace when you're actually uh, in view and other people can see you uh, with uh, juggling the many plates and the many balls throughout the day, you appear to be uh, a highly productive employee because of your super busy. Uh, same with in a digital manner. So, if you're constantly pouncing on those group CC emails with uh, providing your input and information uh, within minutes of receiving uh, the email to the entire group, oh boy, you are the go-to person in the group. Same with uh, attending a ton of meetings, and uh, you're in and out of meetings all day long, in fact, and so, my gosh, you must be incredibly busy, Uh, but we have to reflect on uh, how, you know, the word proxy means like kind of stand-in, right? (laughs) So, uh, a proxy for productivity is not the same as productivity. Uh, So, those people, those of you listening who are, in fact, in and out of meetings all day long, and I used to be that person uh, at certain times, oh my gosh, it's so helpful to sit there and reflect, uh, why am I in this meeting? um do i need to be how is this meeting going can i help uh, facilitate a more productive and dynamic interaction between the participants here perhaps a faster moving interaction have you heard of that strategy it was uh it came into vogue in silicon valley uh, years ago when i was working there where uh, they would remove the chairs from the conference room so you'd walk into a meeting whatever eight people and there's no chairs <laughs> so everyone uh, walks up to the conference table, uh, puts down your, uh, your your pen and pad, your papers, your briefcase, whatever, and they're all standing up. And the thinking was that because it was a uncomfortable uh, situation you would have a quicker and more productive and more focused meeting rather than sinking into a chair. uh, Maybe there's enough room in in the spacious conference room that you can have your laptop screen in front of you with no one else looking what's on the screen. So now you can multitask during the meeting. Hey, ladies. You may have heard me talk about Gaines Wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function, and maybe you thought, hey, what about my needs? Well, Gaines Wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called Gaines Wave for Her. of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner. Buy six treatments and get one free. I'm pleased to present B-Rad Grass-Fed Whey Protein Isolate Superfuel, the absolute highest quality, all-natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold processed and micro filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please, Don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover, or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine, Or you can order direct from BradNutrition.com with our buy three get one free, and make the SuperFuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. Oh boy! And then uh, there goes our productivity, maybe even our uh, our passion for uh, our career, because um, what's happening is uh, if there's insufficient. Uh, feedback and guidance and direction in the workplace in a team atmosphere, right? If you're looking to your leader to have a clear focus every single day and it's not there, people will gravitate toward what Newport calls the principle of least resistance, and that is doing the stuff that's easiest to accomplish in the moment. And if we can uh, imagine the, uh, the effects of doing this in a group setting, where everyone is gravitating together and building more and more momentum for the principle of least resistance, we have the makings of a dysfunctional workplace that has fostered a wonderful culture of connectivity, even though it's ruining workplace productivity. So that's a vote for uh, people taking more alone time, uh passing on meetings unless absolutely necessary, or having at least conversations about it. And um, instead of just, uh, you know, showing up and, uh, Putting your um, putting your paws on everything possible. Now, um, this uh, comes up to a an insight from a two thousand nine book called "Wrapped," R A P T, Wrapped: Attention and the Focused Life. It was written by Winifred Gallagher, and uh, Gallagher drew some parallels between attention and happiness. The skillful management of attention is the key to living a good life, and it transcends across all kinds of different endeavors, including parenting, friendship, family, relationships, personal health, and fitness. Gallagher argues that you are the sum of what you focus on. Does this ring a bell to any um, goals that you've succeeded with or failed with? Uh, For example, a diet or exercise program and your ability to focus and have a clearly defined and focused plan rather than those vague goals, which the experts always contend are vastly less effective. So if your goal in 2022 is to uh, lose some weight or quote, get in shape or Quote fill in the blank of something general and and high-minded, but nevertheless nonspecific and uh, highly ineffective accordingly, uh, let's try to transition that and refine it and write down some specific and measurable goals, whatever it is in your area of interest. I want to break the uh, Guinness World Record again in speed golf, so I have to improve my time. And by doing so, it entails that I work on Uh, an assortment of different golf skills and practice, as well as running training. I also have goals on the running track to break 60 seconds in the 400 meters and high jump 1.6 meters, which is around 5'3". So I am highly focused on these measurable and specific goals and I perform workouts that are predicated toward uh, achieving those goals. That's a lot different and it gets me up in the morning a lot easier and with uh, more motivation than uh, wanting to stay in shape as I get older or um, uh, prevent injuries uh, by working out regularly, you know, stuff like that. Okay, so same with the workplace, right? Um, so here are some uh, some tips, and let's give out six of them right now. Um, one of them is to schedule your time uh, with tremendous uh, precision, and it might be the first thing you do every morning is to get out, I, I forget what the term um, Cal Newport uses uh, modules or, or blocks of time every day. And so you have these chunks or blocks and your early morning is going to be um, personal time, a workout, family time, whatever. And then starting at 9am, maybe you'll jump into one of those uh, Andrew Huberman 90 minute stints of peak performance where you're uh, not communicating with the outside world. You are totally locked in. And if that's from 9 to 1030, that's fantastic. My Australian life coach buddy, Andre Obradovic, a couple time guest on the podcast, he uh, made a great suggestion to me when I was struggling to finish uh, a book, having many other uh, things happening and, and going on in the background besides the responsibility of writing the book. And he says, Okay, I understand that you can't write a book all day and you have many other things going on. Can you at least? Spend two hours in the morning. First thing you do in the workplace, uh, work on your book for a couple hours and then put it aside. And hey, if you don't get to it the rest of the day because you're super busy, uh, that's not great, but it's sure as hell better than uh, having a day go by where you really didn't have that chance to get a chunk of time in there for peak performance goals. Uh, number two on the tip list is be okay annoying people by being unresponsive. So don't, you know, take that, that burden, that cross off. Uh, that crossed a bear and uh, be okay uh, being less responsive, uh, being slower or being unresponsive to certain people that don't warrant a a response. and a special 5% discount for B Rad podcast listeners just visit mitoredlight mito redlight.com M-I-T-O red and use the code brad on any of their products go for it today and get started on your red light journey hey man how's your sexual function oh uncomfortable talking about it Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gaines Wave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gaines Wave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of six to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless, but extremely effective, you get real results. Gaines Wave reports an 80% success rate. You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. Now, um, uh, it's it's a popular style to, I'm just going to opine here as an aside, you know, when you get those automated emails and it says, uh, thanks very much. I'm so super ass busy that I, I can't respond to your email uh, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll get to it in due time. Okay, whatever. I mean, it, it is a little bit off-putting now, I have to say, uh, that like, hey... Uh, I'm more important than most people who don't use this little automated tool, Um, And um, I'm not sure it it delivers the intended effect because now it's been so overused. Uh, Perhaps way more badass would be to uh, hit your email inbox for the appropriate duration. Uh, You're going to do an hour of power or whatever you have scheduled and wherever that can fit in with your other work responsibilities. But give some thoughtful responses and say, hey, I'm too busy to think about this right now. How about April uh, of next year? Or or something that gives the person a sense that um, you care rather than getting an automated response. Uh, my least favorite one is Tim Ferriss' uh, email, where at the bottom it says, we get over 10,000 emails a day, so we have no, absolutely no chance of responding uh, directly to your thing. It's like, wow, let me clap for you. Congratulations, 10,000. That's so many freaking emails. And it's been on there for years. <laughs> so, okay, whatever. Um, sorry, Tim, but otherwise, you know, keep up the good work. So, that's, a, that's number two, be okay annoying people by being unresponsive. Uh, number three. And I'm not attributing these to Cal Newport because I think half of them are his and then I threw in some other ones. One comes from uh, Jim Collins, the uh, mega best-selling author of business and uh, productivity books like Good to Great and many others. And he um, had some interesting insights in a lengthy podcast interview, might have been with Tim Ferriss, <laughs> um, where he says that his goal at the end of the year is that he wants to see 50% of his work time devoted to deep creative uh, efforts of the highest cognitive power. And that is a huge chunk if you think about most people and how we fritter away time. Uh, throughout the day. So if you think 50% is modest, uh, think again and track yourself for one week and let's see how that number comes out. So, this, you know, as a writer and a researcher, he's talking about actually uh, typing on the keys or digging deep into research and, and reading and studying and carefully taking notes for half of his year. And then, of course, the other half is uh, paying bills, dealing with uh, I- employees, whatever else he mentioned uh, during the interview with his particular example. Uh, the other interesting thing about about collins is he is the ultimate uh, numbers fiend and so he has a spreadsheet where he obsessively tracks this every single day and i believe he gave an entire scale and some really good tips about um, where he, he gave himself a score of uh, a, a plus two plus one zero minus one or minus two like how the day went at a glance uh, really quickly so i think that's uh, really effective And I've been uh, dabbling in something similar myself where um, I'll ask myself at the end of the day, uh, did I have a net positive contribution to my most important goals, uh, a a neutral or a negative, and just kind of keep myself in check uh, in that manner. And also recommending this technique to others, especially in the area of diet. If you're trying to overhaul your diet Uh, you have a specific goal of dropping excess body fat or eliminating uh, processed foods and emphasizing the right foods, you can, in a glance, at the end of the day, uh, get out your journal or your your digital journal and ask yourself the yes or no question. Uh, Today, did I make a positive contribution to my dietary transformation goals? Yes or no? And then, uh, we'll check back in two weeks or a month. And if we see a lot of N's together in a string or a lot of Y's, uh, we know we're uh, keeping ourselves in check. Okay. So that was, um, tip number three was Jim Collins setting a goal such as 50% of his time doing a creative peak cognitive task. Uh, number four is to protect your time, uh, such that you can. Uh, allow space for creativity so if you're swarmed and swamped and slammed all day your creativity is going to diminish to almost nothing if you don't give it space so when you protect that time by chunking it uh, turning off the phone during those periods of peak cognitive performance uh, being disciplined with your off hours so you're ceremoniously uh, flipping that laptop lid closed at a certain hour of the day, you're powering down your phone and you're ushering in uh, leisure time and relaxation time. That's going to make a great contribution to your productivity overall. And that would be number five is those distinct shutdown hours are so important because we have the ability to continue working. And then number six is a quote from Cal Newport, inspiration is for amateurs. And I think he might be quoting someone else there. Uh, So anyway, what an awesome quote. Inspiration is for amateurs. Ah, I love it. You get it? The professionals get out the paintbrush and start brushing. Man, they're not worried about inspiration. Same with the, the the greatest athletes that I had the good fortune to associate with during my time competing as a professional triathlete, and the people that I'm continually inspired by today in all areas, not just athletics. Is there's none of that uh, warring in the in the mind where uh, the level of willpower, motivation, and perfection of all things lined up perfectly. Um, is is contemplated. It just happens. You just wake up and you get back on the horsey, uh, you get back on the computer or you get back in the gym and you go to work. Mark Bell, my friend, a big figure in the powerlifting and health community has a great podcast called Mark Bell's Power Project. And um, you can look at his Instagram contents absolutely outstanding, and a lot of it talks about uh, motivation focus goals as well as uh, the nuts and bolts of training and getting stronger. Uh, but I, I like his message where he's not bullshitting around, he just wants you to get to it and, and not worry about the uh, uh, the nuances that we so often uh, get caught up with. so inspiration is for amateurs people. okay. let me ask you, can you relate to the draining effects of Flickering in and out of peak cognitive performance throughout the day or multitasking. It's extremely draining. And I am really sensitive to this now, to this because uh, maybe because I'm uh, getting older, I've been working for many years. And I just don't have that uh, battery power to sit in front of a screen all day long while working on a book and working on a presentation and answering emails and answering uh, instant messages and just uh, just frying my brain accordingly by the end of the day. This concept really hits home for me when I have an unusual day where I'm completely away from the computer, from the the workplace, and I oftentimes feel less fatigued, After, for example, hiking the cactus to clouds last October in Palm Springs, where we went 22 miles with 8,500 feet of elevation gain in the first nine miles and a a total hiking duration of 13 hours, I thought I wasn't going to make it. I thought I was going to be exhausted and I felt fine the whole day. I had a great visit, um, ate enough calories. Thank you, Paleo Valley, for those awesome energy bars that I was chowing on all day long and drinking enough water and getting enough sunlight. But that massive, Physical effort that I was in no way uh, trained for, or prepared for. I handled just fine, and I was by many measures less fatigued, especially less cognitively fatigued than on a day where I was putzing around uh, on the computer uh, with this uh, multitasking uh, theme happening. Yeah, I got in my car and drove two and a half hours after the hike was over. No complaints, no problem. Wake up the next day, feel fine. So we must not discount the incredibly fatiguing potential of the laptop or the mobile device that's with you all the time while you're uh, racing through uh, life, even if you're uh, running errands, standing in line at the bank. I actually love having my phone if I have to stand in line or waste time because then I don't feel like I'm wasting time. But again, the brain does not have any downtime and that's the part that's extremely fatiguing. So um, as we get a little bit further into uh, this objective of improving our focus and our discipline in the workplace. I want I wanted you guys to join me and be all in on this. I really want to get better at this. I've been talking about it for a long time. I know taking baby steps are okay. And I have uh, seen a little bit of that in recent times where I'm able to uh, take my finger, go across the trackpad and close the window for the email inbox, the, the Gmail window and return to what I was doing when I catch myself and realize, gee, I don't really need this window to be open all day long. And so I'm getting there. I'm taking baby steps. You can come take the baby steps with me and uh, let's let's learn more. Um, this crazy stats that Hewitt spouts, Uh, On his website articles, there was a study from the University of California uh, suggesting that the average knowledge worker is interrupted every 11 minutes and workers check their email every five minutes. That's a study from uh, Loughborough University in the United Kingdom. That's where Sebastian Coe went, the great runner and head of the Olympic Committee today. Okay, so we're interrupted all the time. We interrupt ourselves all the time by checking email every five minutes. So let's uh, set forth the goal of uh, segmenting our time, especially when we're talking about those high cognitive gear tasks that require our undivided attention and focus. And I've mentioned on other shows how uh, one of my success formulas is to uh, jump in the car while me and is running around town doing errands or doing whatever going to show real estate homes and i just sit in the passenger seat and work on my laptop away from an internet connection, and I'll sit in some driveway or some parking lot, and it's an uncomfortable and unusual work environment, uh, but it serves to help me focus, uh, sometimes more so than in my comfortable office at home. <laughs> so whatever it takes, but maybe we can just get better uh, in our uh, in our routine environment that we spend hours and hours in. So um, the high cognitive gear stuff are creative tasks, problem-solving tasks that require full focus, and they should be done uh, at the time of day when you naturally feel most productive. For many people, that's uh, the first work block of the day. So there's uh, Huberman with his one 90-minute block early in the day, and then after a midday break is another good time for a second 90-minute block. And if you can do that, I mean, that's a pretty fantastic accomplishment, two 90-minute peak performance blocks. Everything else is just... um, you know, icing on the cake, it's house cleaning, it's taking care of your bills. Oh, gee, I got to go buy this thing on Amazon. And you're just uh, plowing through uh, the less demanded tasks because you've done such a great job. And then you can have uh, devoted off times and enjoy uh, a life away from the screen. Um, And uh, let's not forget, uh, 90 minute block for peak focus work. But inside of that 90 minute block, we want to do a 25 minute work block and then a five minute break. And so, That's three times 30 minutes, uh, right? Three 30-minute chunks where it's 25 minutes on, five minutes off. It's not 90 minutes straight. And yes, indeed, you have to create a winning environment here. So you have to close uh, the email window. You have to put your phone outside of the room. Uh, You can throw it on your roof like Huberman, lock it in your car, and just do the best you can to avoid even the temptation to be interrupted because a lot of times we are a uh, two week, and we cave in, right? We don't want to be left out of the pack, like I mentioned on those uh, main reasons that we uh, insist upon engaging all day. Uh, so, low cognitive gear stuff is uh, rest and recovery, uh, w- w- watching TV, uh, binging through your your, your streaming entertainment, uh, resting, uh, chit chatting uh, as you walk your dog down the street. So, these are things where you're taking a break and the best breaks are ones that are uh, as disparate as possible from the peak cognitive focus in front of a screen. So you want them to be uh, outdoors, fresh air, open space, sunlight, uh, perhaps social, right? Because you're in a digital world. So uh, maybe taking uh, a walk around the neighborhood with your coworkers and then return to the desk. Much, much better than announcing that you are now taking a break from peak cognitive tasks to go and play around on YouTube or on social media it certainly is a break from your key work responsibilities, but not as effective as getting out and physically moving. And there's so much content about the benefits of moving frequently throughout the day, doing the micro workouts. I have a whole show about micro workouts. So the essential need to not only take a cognitive break, but a physically a physical movement cognitive break is big and then we get to uh the 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 title of uh, james hewitt's great article and that is the cognitive middle gear and that's the thing we want to avoid because uh, we will default and drift into this pattern where you are performing what is not defined as a peak cognitive task you're doing things like email uh, administrative tasks organizing your life but these are uh, drifting into the picture and interrupting those opportunities for peak cognitive focus and thereby draining the crap out of you, okay? Um, here's a quote from Hewitt. Habitual checking on missed calls and messages can become an addictive behavior pattern, increasing stress and even disturbing sleep. Even if our behavior is not addictive, spending our days in a persistent state of moderate cognitive exertion from morning until night has a physiological and psychological impact. In contrast, simply quarantining email with shorter periods rather than interweaving it throughout the day is associated with a number of benefits. A recent study found that checking email three times a day, as opposed to as often as we can, is associated with less stress and improved physical and psychological well-being. So the solution presented is, I guess you could call it polarized work, uh, like polarized training that the athletes talk about, especially the endurance athletes and the great work of Dr. Steven Seiler, who came up with this uh, increasingly popular concept uh, that people oftentimes refer to as the uh, 80-20 concept of polarized uh, endurance training. And this is research out of Finland. Sailor is an American based in Finland. uh, and He did some great work uh, with leading athletes in virtually all the endurance sports. So the cross-country skiers, the professional cyclists, triathletes, runners, and identified this trend where uh, the elite athlete is typically training at a very, very comfortable pace. A predominantly aerobic pace, or they're hitting it hard and doing some epic workouts that are really pushing and challenging and uh, dealing with lactate threshold, uh, competing, all those kinds of things. And uh, he kind of uh, pulled the data out that showed that around 80% of training uh, was done at a comfortable pace and then 20% was done at an intense pace. And unfortunately, this uh, insight has been misappropriated like crazy because the casual competitor is now looking at this 80 20 ratio and thinking that uh, they need to um, organize their training accordingly, where 20% of their training volume is performed at a fast pace. And that could be uh, vastly excessive to what uh, a common recreational enthusiast is capable of so i want to say that there's no magic in this 80 20 ratio but there is tremendous validity to the concept of polarized training that you're either uh, nurturing your fitness uh, without overstressing the body and then when the time comes to hit it hard you do an appropriately designed high intensity workout and listen to my podcasts about how to design a sprint workout correctly so that even when you're going hard uh, the workout is not this uh, exhausting ordeal that takes days to recover from but it's uh, appropriately challenging and you walk away feeling uh, energized and pleasantly fatigued. And maybe we should uh, go right back into the uh, the topic of working and want to achieve those same goals. So the polarized work concept is uh, again, back to those two 90 minute blocks of peak performance. So that's your, that's your heavy hitting stuff. Uh, Jim Collins going for 50%, but he's definitely, um, you know, an outlier peak performer that can uh go to that highest level with devoted practice over time. Uh, but if we want to take those baby steps toward that and put those chunks of really disciplined uh, focus work into our workday, um, that would be a, a great objective. Okay. So that's the polarized work concept is you're either hitting it hard and kicking ass on stuff that's really important, or you're in the open season time where you have a window open to Amazon and you're shopping. Uh, maybe you're at BradVentures.com ordering up some nut butter or some protein. And then you are also uh, have some emails open and also you're uh, going on a text string that's live and you're answering frequently. Oh boy. Um, yeah. No big deal. As long as you get that um you know the the big rocks into the uh into the jar first like stephen covey says as long as you prioritize that that deep work um you'll have more freedom to kind of relax during the other hours of the work day um more quotes from hewitt uh This polarized work helps us focus on what's important and ignore what's not. Many of us would benefit from creating more distinct periods of focused attention followed by effective rest and time for reflection, right? So this cognitive middle gear concept implies that we're not getting uh, even the low cognitive gear time because we're carrying our phone on the uh the walking break that we're taking from work and oh the phone's ringing now we're taking a call because it's so important we don't want to uh, we don't want to miss it and so everything uh, you know the more more and more time drifts into the middle cognitive gear rather than boom crisp high gear time boom crisp low gear time and then the necessary time right in the cognitive middle gear stuff again that's paying your bills uh doing your online shopping uh, answering emails doing that medium type stuff and what happens the polarized approach rescues time quote unquote from hewitt thanks to reduced task switching reducing stress facilitates better progress on tasks with strategic and long-term significance and then we can enjoy more downtime and better recovery okay what about you how do you fare in this area uh, you can listen to my uh, Brad's day, multiple shows talking about my day around the clock and everything I do. And it's clear that I uh, admittedly suck in certain areas, including uh, allowing that middle cognitive gear stuff to float into periods of time when I should be uh, going for uh, peak cognitive demand tasks, uh, thereby minimizing any time that I can truly claim to be uh, peak cognitive performing time, thereby stretching my workday out too long because uh, the the workday typical hours went by with too much screwing around and middle gear tasks. And so then I'm uh, extending the bookends instead of having those clear and distinct off hours uh, in the evening or whenever you choose to have your off hours. So uh, on the on the positive side, as I keep mentioning, uh, but it's so important that at least I start my day uh, with tremendous discipline and focus and structured time for the morning exercise routine. And so uh, my immediate objective is to piggyback those positive habits. And there's great research showing that once you have established any habit, it can be effective to try and piggyback other desired habits uh, onto the the back of the existing habit and i think one of the examples this might have been from james clear atomic habits which i just noticed was the number 1 best selling book on amazon and the will smith autobiography jumped up to number 3 <laughs> i guess after the oscars oh my gosh any publicity is good publicity for a celebrity right uh, i don't think so in this case oh man don't get me started that's not the podcast to uh, to hear from but not impressed no i'll put it that way and Pretty frickin' sad, too. I'll put it that way. Should have been a time of great celebration for the Williams sisters, one of the great athletic stories and human interest stories we've ever seen. I mean, the improbability of rising from uh, their low socioeconomic conditions to become tennis champions. And that's a beautiful movie. I loved it so much. Loved the acting. And then we have to have Hollywood funny business uh, kind of spoiling it or at least distracting our attention from what we should have focused on. Hey, that was my first Hollywood commercial. And back to the show relating to health, fitness, diet, exercise, peak performance, longevity, relationships, happiness, health, longevity. Oh, yeah. Stick to your lane. Thank you, Brad. Okay. Anyway, um, I score really well in the morning there with the morning routine, and so the idea of piggybacking a habit onto something else that you desire to be a habit, James Clear was talking about, I believe, uh, you head over to Starbucks every day uh, in the morning. And so I'm not sure many people can um, uh, tout that as a super awesome (laughs) health-promoting habit, but let's say you do it every single day. So the idea would be, can you... um, uh exercise before you head to Starbucks knowing that you're going to get out of the house jump in the car and head to Starbucks uh can you walk there can you stop at the gym first can you piggyback something onto your uh sure reliability that you're going to engage in that habit at whatever category you call that one um so that's uh something to uh, for me to aspire to is to Um, piggyback that morning routine with a period of uh, focused, deep work. uh, One of those 90 minute blocks that Huberman talks about in the morning. So I'm working on it. We'll check back. I'd love to hear from you about how you're doing and what things here uh, hit home for you and can be helpful. All right. It's podcast at bradventures.com to connect. Thank you so much for listening to this show listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word and remember, be rad. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Hey, this is going to be one of my favorite commercials because I get to introduce you to... The delicious, nutritious, life-changing Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. This is a mind-blowing nut butter blend that will soon ascend to your number one go-to snack, treat, or accoutrement for anything from dark chocolate, a cucumber-celery smear, or mixed in with yogurt, oatmeal, cheesecake, or with a spoon right into your mouth, heading south. Let me, let me, let me tell you what I created in my kitchen through whirlwind experimentation and extreme sampling to my VIP product testing crew across the nation so far with 100% approval. In this beautiful jar, we have macadamia nuts, walnuts, cashews, the rare and precious coconut butter, coconut flakes, cacao nibs, real ancient sea salt, and organic MCT oil. Every single ingredient has been sourced to origin to be the very best we could find from around the world for the absolute highest purity and nutritional value. We, run this product in small batches with a boutique family business in the Pacific Northwest, and everything is cold-pressed to preserve nutritional value. So if you like eating healthy, it's a dream come true for all those who are keto, primal, paleo, and vegan vegetarian, too. I Come in peace, my global, healthy living friends. Masterpiece, that is. Try some now, and it will change your life. I promise. If you don't like it, send it back to me. I'll eat it. You can order brad's macadamia masterpiece on amazon simple simple or if you're bold daring and adventurous buy three and get a bottle free at bradventures.com buy six and we'll send you eight christmas shopping early instead of late at bradventures.com check it out brad's macadamia masterpiece uh.